Hello. Hello. <sighs> Uh-oh. How, how many Apple TVs did you buy? <laughs> I bought zero mm. uh, Apple TVs. Mm. I did buy one uh, 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 Siri remote mm-hmm. um, so that I could try out the new Siri remote and also cease the complaints of my partner. Um, oh, uh, what, uh, Sebastian is not a fan of the remote. He is not a fan of the current Siri <laughs> remote. It is uh, quite literally the thing about which I hear the most complaints for a piece of technology. Hmm. So, well, it's, with- it's just him. So, you know, fortunately, uh, the, his needs were catered yeah, to. Him. Yeah, the, the only person uh, who, who has issues with it. I mean, and I, of course, um, want to try out the new one and am happy that they sort of included a jog wheel, essentially. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying the new one when it's out in mid-May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to order one in time to have it arrive on whatever launch day they end up choosing because the all of the delivery times are quoted at, you know, May 20-something to May something-something. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. It's... Uh... A little less specific than usual, I feel like. Uh, it seems like a kind of a lengthy gap in the delivery guarantee it, on that. It is indeed a lengthy gap. Um, yeah, I, it's it, it was kind of uh, confusing, honestly. In fact, you know what? Let's let's actually start by talking about the. I mean, we've already started, and we've already started talking. So let's move on for a moment and return in a moment. But let's take a break, sort of. Wait, where, where, where are we going exactly? We're, like in a directional sense. I, I'm, I'm in a directional sense, we're sort of. You know how, like, if you take a globe, like mm-hmm. the Earth, mm-hmm. and there's the equator, mm-hmm. and you go, sort of up from the equator uh, to the North Pole, and then you keep going. That's sort of like up space, you know, the space above the Earth. But instead, we're going to go south to the South Pole and keep going that way. And that's like down space. It's like space that's below the Earth. And so we're going that way. Like into uh, the Earth's mantle or? Well, even we keep going, see, like we're going to go past the Earth into actual space that's outside of the Earth's atmosphere and sort of whatever's down below the Earth, because space doesn't just extend to the left and to the right. Space extends to the left, to the right, to the up and to the down. We're going to down space, baby. Um, And so... Whatever's down there, I don't know. I don't know where stars are in relation to the Earth uh, precisely. We just know how far away they are from the Earth. But are they up from where the Earth is? Are they down from where the Earth is? Are they northeast if we're looking at sort of the Earth from an outside perspective? Anyway, down there in down space is the pre-order process. And that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> that whole thing we just did there was so that I could talk about pre-orders. Um, because, so I uh, am, I don't know, blessed in, in a way and also unblessed in a way uh, to work at a job where I can get these different products and try out the new stuff. Like, I'm not complaining about that. Um, I think it's great and and fun. Of course, though, 
you know, waking up to, to pre-order this stuff is not fun, and one is expected to do so, so that one can talk about them. Um, so I did order Air Tags the first time around, um, and then ordered some stuff that I'll talk about in a second. The second time around, because the second time around is the part that's important. First time around, uh, Apple Store goes down. Um, I you know wake up at four. 55 and launch the app store and it or I say the app store the apple store and it is you know we'll be back soon you're you're early take some more sleep blah 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 about 502 I think it opened up and I was able to pre-order some air tags uh no problem and uh some air tags holders so I've got apple's own loop I've got some belkin um holder delays and then I bought one keychain uh from Apple so that I could use that with my keys. Um and again, no problem. Then someone tweeted the next day uh what somebody always tweets about uh pre-orders. You'd really think that they could uh sort of figure out how to make pre-orders available without um taking down the Apple store. That would be cool, right? Like this is something we've always wanted. And uh, so when it came time for iPad, oh, and we should also note that the purple iPhone went on sale uh, when the the AirTags did. I did not need to get a purple iPhone, did not get a purple iPhone, but that's important. Um, for the second round of pre-orders, the iPad Pro went on sale, uh, the iMac went on sale, the new iMac went on sale, um, the new Apple TV went on sale. And somebody must have been listening because they did not take the Apple Store down. But the problem is, there was no warning that they weren't going to be taking the Apple Store down. So I had this very gaslit morning <laughs> where I woke up at this, you know, 4.58 and I launched the Apple Store app and nothing was like it was it was just the, the, the main page of the Apple Store. And so I'm going, um, this is kind of odd. Uh, I, I tap on the iPad Pro and it shows as unavailable. I'm like, okay. And I check the date on the calendar. I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. I go to 9to5Mac because they usually post about uh, pre-orders starting. I didn't see anything. I went to Twitter. I didn't see anybody tweeting about being up early or being up late. And so I really started to think, I've got this all wrong. So I go to Apple's site, I go to the Apple newsroom, and there's a post about iPad Pro and da 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 pre-orders starting. Um, but you have to scroll like three quarters of the page to find the place where it says starting at 5 a.m. Pacific um, on this date. And so finally I find it. I'm like, yeah, that's literally this time right now, but nothing is available in the Apple store and the Apple store didn't go down. What's going on? Um, so I go back to the Apple store app and it's, you know, five probably at this time. And the iPad pro is still showing as unavailable. So then I question my sanity one more time. I'm like quite literally doing math. Okay. So 5am, it was just Sunday. Now it's, it's, or it was just Thursday. Now it, it's Friday at five, right? That this is today, right? And the the 29th is what this day is supposed to be right or the 30th it was the 30 like 
that's the day they're supposed to be doing pre-orders. And I was just questioning my sanity, thinking that I had somehow gotten the day wrong, even though everything seemed to be lining up. Uh, finally, I forced quit the Apple Store app. I relaunch it and uh, the iPad Pro shows as available. So I pop it into my cart and I choose purchase and it errors out. I'm like, okay, great. So I go back to the page and now the iPad Pro showing is unavailable again. Uh, I refresh it one more time. I'm able to uh, put it in my cart. I'm able to pre-order it this time and I get quoted the date for you know, day of launch. Um, and then because I got the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, which is still kind of a bonkers thing to me because I love my 11 inch iPad Pro. Um, but I got the bigger one because I want to check out the new uh, screen. So then I ordered the new Magic Keyboard because the old one, while you can technically put the new iPad Pro in there. It doesn't fit well. You won't get a very good fit. So I ordered the new one. And plus, I don't have any keyboard cases or keyboard, or, or I mean cases or keyboard cases for a 12.9 because I have not had a 12.9 in years. Um, so I was able to finally place that pre-order, got, you know, day of, and then decided to also purchase the, the Siri remote at the same time. Um, so those should all arrive around the same time. Although the new magic keyboard case is being quoted as tomorrow for delivery. So I'll just have to stare at it all month until it's time for the iPad, the new iPad pro to ship. Oh yeah. I I always, I love it when they do that, when they just ship the accessories before the product that you need to use the accessory with, because that just really uh, rubs it in, makes everyone happy. I mean, it's better than the alternative of, I guess getting the iPad and then you don't get a keyboard case for three weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, it, it is always kind of amusing that they can't be more uh, synchronous. Yeah. You know, ship them together, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sort of have them attached in one box. Because that was the other thing. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining about this, and it was the case for me, too. With AirTags, you know, the, the Apple talks about we don't want to ship a um, a a charger in the box and that is for uh environmental purposes you'll we'll save a bunch of trees and and you know co2 in the atmosphere because of it and uh when i ordered my air tags instead of shipping everything in one box from one company i got two boxes from ups and one envelope from fedex all with different stuff inside. Um, so there was, you know, some of the some of the uh, holders I got from, you know, I think FedEx shipped me the Belkin stuff, and UPS shipped the AirTags themselves, and then one other AirTag product. But some people got a bag, you know, one of those uh, envelopes that the shipping envelopes for every single item that they ordered instead of just uh, figuring out a way to ship it all together. And honestly, I'm not complaining from the standpoint of I got it all at once, which is nice. So that's even better than what I'm used to. It all came on the same day. But it is interesting where they have been able to focus sort of putting their money where their mouth is and where they have yet to focus putting their money where their mouth is. 
you mean in terms of the environmental impact of shipping all of these various things? Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know that that's been a long standing issue with uh, ordering multiple stuff from them. Uh, they, they just have whatever, for whatever reason, they don't prioritize uh, grouping anything together, really. Uh, and it is not uh, a, it's not, uh, it's not nothing when you are shipping stuff on an airplane um, and then also driving the things to someone's house. Uh, to make multiple trips on all of that. Um, presumably, all of your stuff would be on the same airplane for the same cargo trip. Um, presumably, it would be on the same, you know, delivery truck. But uh, there are, you know, cases where it's not true. Uh, and it's just uh, strange. It's also another thing to misplace or keep track of. But I guess, I don't know, maybe it increases the chance that you will get most of your order somehow um, instead of losing an entire order, I guess. But uh, it, it, it always struck me as strange. Also, the uh, use of a variety of couriers is also uh, very strange to me. And I've never been able to figure yeah, out that what part the decision strange. is. Yeah, because it, it'll just be like, um, uh, what was it? When I ordered my fourth generation Apple TV delivered to me, um, they sent it with this courier company, OnTrack, um, which I don't know if you're oh, familiar with. Oh, yeah. OnTrack delivers my uh, Green Chef yeah, every they, other Monday. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, uh, they claim to have delivered that uh, fourth generation Apple TV, um, and it, there was nothing, um, and there was no follow-up or anything. They couldn't contact the driver to ask where it was or any of that stuff. Anyway, Apple's customer care representative um, was very understanding about it, and they sent me another one, um, which I was kind of expecting them not to do. Uh, so I received that uh, in the mail, but it it was just, I don't know, it's perplexing because it, it uh, sort of mystifies me that they can't, you can't like select a, a courier that you prefer, one that, you know, gets to your house right most of the time or one that will deposit packages like in a like sensible sensible way um or any of that so I, I don't know what the process is or how they calculate like oh we can ship this many with fedex and then we can use our contract with ups for this many and then the, they'll arrive on this time if we do that like i don't i don't know especially with like your mismatched order where some one of it was fedex and the other ones are ups i, I don't understand the prioritization of that because Again, why why are you sending two delivery trucks for uh, air tags and associated cases and holders? Yeah, you're mm -hmm. a, and your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, it's one of those things that I would love to ask them about when they talk about their environmental initiatives and how they're very proud that they're all renewable and stuff. And it's like oh, those UPS and FedEx trucks aren't renewable. Um, the, the cargo airplanes <laughs> are not renewable. Uh, so you know, just uh. I'm curious what the thought is. Um, uh, but having said all the delivery stuff, I, I noticed from many other people uh, tweeting uh, that it was the case for others that the store didn't go down and they also had difficulty placing orders and that certain items would be unavailable. Um, I think some someone I saw even like bought the iPad in a different color and silver or something instead yeah, of space gray. Yeah, I think gray. it was Andy Anotco. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and then all of a sudden it... it was available in the other thing so it 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 doesn't doesn't um it's not a good look uh and they should fix that 
uh, I think it was preferable to have the store go down than to do it that way. But uh, yeah, or if yeah. you do, if you're going to not have the store go down, then let us know ahead of time. Like, uh, uh, make that a part of your announcement. For the first time, we're going to be able to leave the store up while we do pre-orders because that's essentially like it made me think that I got the day wrong. When you're used to one thing for so long, and then suddenly it changes. And, you know, I'm sure some people are like, why even have anxiety about spending a bunch of money on a thing? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's because I, I'm trying to have this thing so I can do a review on it. Yeah, you need uh, it for your work. In an early time, as opposed to much later, where it's not going to uh, be of, of interest to folks. And then it's also just a matter of of um, the the loss of, of consistency is, is kind of annoying. It's... Um, troublesome for folks who whenever you're used to a pattern and then suddenly the pattern changes but you're not aware of it that's going to frazzle anybody <laughs> yeah well for me i think that their their store app needs an overhaul um because i i i didn't run into the issues that you did because i didn't buy anything um uh, but not the, a new apple tv uh no um i'm still ruminating on it if i decide to buy one i'm going to get it uh from the store um, because the delivery date was going to coincide with um, uh, well I got I, I have received my first dose of Pfizer and I'm going to be getting my second <laughs> dose of Pfizer tomorrow I knew this is where this is going sorry go ahead <laughs> yeah so and, and then um, after uh, at the end of the month um, I, I will have been fully vaccinated from that second shot that I'm getting tomorrow and we are going to uh, fly to Florida to see my family, who I haven't seen in um, over a year and a half now. Uh, so uh, I, I just, uh, you know, didn't want to order something that was also going to arrive the day of uh, a rider departure or, you know, had a delayed delivery and would arrive uh, when I was gone, uh, which would not be good either I, I i just don't want to lose any more apple tvs in the mail it doesn't right. doesn't it's not a good look uh and so i if it becomes available in the stores on a certain t- date and time something tells me there is going to be an abundance uh in the stores uh that people are are not, are not moving on um but uh but having said that the the app apple store app itself uh just sucks and it is very bad at refreshing things um, to be whatever's currently happening. Um, it doesn't seem to have any sort of like live contact with what's going on. It doesn't seem to load things particularly fast either, which is perplexing because it's like, hey, like use the internet or something, man. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems to be a uh, a shopping experience where the uh, sort of like gallery of looking at the product is... Uh, you know, prioritized and like looking at specs and with nice, you know, uh, uh, light, nice layouts, uh, for the text and stuff like that seems to be prioritized, but like in terms of usability of please, please show what's available to purchase and don't show what's not available to purchase and show me like what's going to happen with the shipping and delivery and stuff. Um, you know, don't just leave, leave it a mystery. Uh, like if you have, um, if you have a Apple TV, that is not available because uh, they they don't let you buy them right now for in-store pickup. Um, say say when the in-store pickup's going to be available. Uh, you know, you don't leave that a mystery. You don't just say, like, not available for in-store pickup because you know it's going to be at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so just say what the launch day is that you're expecting to use. Uh, 
any anything like that would help make an informed decision. Um, and in terms of uh, showing current information, like when you force quit, I had to do that so many times when I updated my, when I uh, used the iPhone upgrade program um, in the past. Uh, you, you just have to force quit on the day of. Uh, they've tried to make it better by letting you do more of the process earlier, so that it wouldn't crash spectacularly all at the same time. Um, but uh, it still doesn't. It still wasn't. At least the last time I used it. Uh, still wasn't letting you just wait on the page. It says you don't need to refresh anything or force quit or whatever, and it'll just load magically whenever it's available. Yeah, it's, lies. It's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> you have to keep force quitting it uh, in in order to get it to eventually show up. And sometimes you'll tap on something, and then it'll just not work anymore. Um, it, presumably because their content delivery network or whatever is overloaded or whatever garbage stuff they have on the back end of their system like disconnected because some server changed i have no idea what's going on with that stuff uh it it is a total opaque mess um so like you said whenever something changes with it uh you can only assume that maybe you're the crazy one and something that you did is affecting this or you got Mm -hmm. the date wrong or whatever and and so I, i don't i don't really uh love love that experience i know there are a lot of people who like the app because they're like oh the in-store shopping thing's so great and it's like yeah i mean i've used that a couple times and every single time i feel like i'm stealing something um and you can't (laughs) you can't make that go away uh but at the same time it's like in terms of shopping uh i've had better shopping experiences even in like amazon's like visually bad um app uh to like it looks it looks bad like it looks like a really busted like half a web page with like some things like widgets thrown in on the sides and stuff like Amazon's design sensibility is not present uh, at all in any way, but it really functions uh, better than the uh, Apple store app. Um, And I would hope that someday Apple will be able to smooth that out a little, maybe (sighs) anyway, that's probably not the most important part of the rant. Um, but that doesn't matter, I think, as much as uh, our our thoughts and expectations um, based on the presentation, like the things that you are looking forward to buying. And would you have bought any of the things that you bought if you didn't need them for your work? I would have gotten AirTag. In fact, I bought my own AirTags. Um, I did not use Twit's card for those. Um, I wanted AirTags and have wanted them for a while. Uh, Siri remote, same. I bought that with my own moolahs, uh, because I wanted to have a new Siri remote. And eventually I plan on, as I, I think I said that on, on the show, I plan on getting an Apple TV. I just don't need one right now. And so it's just one of those, I want to add another thread, um, router into the home, but there aren't many thread devices. So there's no need to get another border router. Um, so yeah, uh, AirTags and uh, the new Siri remote were the things that I definitely wanted to get. As far as the iPad Pro, um, it'll you know it's hard. I definitely don't think that if I was spending my own money, I would uh, jump for spending so much. Given that I do have an 11-inch iPad Pro that works fantastically. It looks great, and I use it all the time. Um, making that jump to a new iPad 
especially to the 12.9 inch. Um, I can't see myself getting a new iPad Pro without also getting the keyboard case because that is what what, what makes the iPad Pro so great for me. I love it in that uh, format and with that keyboard um, attached to it. And so because of that, yeah, I don't think I would have been able to justify spending the money on my own for the iPad Pro and the keyboard case um, to get both of those things. So some of it was of interest to me, regardless of work. And in fact, I did buy those things myself so that I, you know, they were always mine and not uh, something that belonged to Twit. Mm -hmm. And there was unfortunately no appeal for the multicolored iMacs. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, my co-host on iOS Today, Rosemary Orchard, uh, she bought a purple iMac. She's very excited about it. Um, she, I think she had, she she had purchased an M1 Mac of some sort. I don't remember if it was the, I, the iPad, the MacBook Pro, or if it was the Mac Mini, but whatever it was, she returned um, for the order of this new iMac. So she's very very excited about this colorful iMac. And um, I think they're very cool. Uh, And it very well could, because I don't have an M1 machine right now. And I would like to own an Apple Silicon um, Mac. But by the time I sort of, you know, there, there are things for which I would like to use my budget on before I use it on a new uh, computer. And so, you know, that's down the line. And it could be that by the time I get around to getting an Apple Silicon Mac, uh, it will be the M2 or something like that. So I'm not jumping on the chance right now, but I could definitely see uh, having an iMac be the my introduction to Apple Silicon um, as opposed to one of the laptops. And I, I think they're very cool, very colorful. And um, they're, you know, not, not, for, not, not something that absolutely made me pumped, but I think it's really awesome how they were able to shrink down the whole uh, system into this space that's basically at the bottom of the Mac and the make the screen or the, the whole display so dadgum thin uh mm-hmm. it's kind of incredible and then to to go as far as uh, putting ethernet in the power brick as opposed to uh having it directly in the back of the mac was kind of clever so as far as like slimming down and looks and everything goes i think that the iMac the new iMac is really cool um but yeah, no no interest right away for me because it's essentially what what um makes sense for work and what is something that I want to spend my budget on personally and can spend my budget on personally and um with this super spec'd out MacBook Pro uh that I have there's not really a reason um, to get Apple Silicon right now mm-hmm. uh, unless it's something I personally get. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel similarly about that. Uh, I'm still using my, um, I don't even remember the year at this point, uh, the the 
15 inch MacBook Pro uh, with butterfly crap keyboard from uh, <laughs> whatever the, the gasket revision year was or whatever that they put those underneath the keys. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's there. It is available to me. Uh, it, it does what it needs to do. And that's that's all that I can really ask of it. There's no reason to replace it. Uh, but it is tempting to think what, you know, a uh, larger or more powerful version of the iMac will look like, because this is just the low end um, one, the small one. Um, so what was what's the uh, the big boy going to look like? Uh, what what are they going to do with that one? I'd be uh, really curious to see what that is. Uh, oh, so yeah, this is the 15 inch 2018, uh, MacBook pro. It's still humming along. Nothing, nothing's died on it yet. Keys work. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, uh, it, it mainly interests me because I want to see those colors go in other places in the lineup because same, I liked all the colors. Uh, I don't love the white basil. Oh, basil. Be- bezel. I don't love the white bezel. Uh, it's, you know, fine. I'd live with it uh, in order to have the colors. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully on whenever, if they ever do anything with colors for uh, the, the new versions of the MacBooks that come out, which would be exciting. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to do the same white edge around the stuff or if they'll do black uh which i would prefer renee suggests the pro moniker will get Mm -hmm. the the black bezel and the um sort of non-pro moniker gets the white bezel Mm. yeah that could be the case but that's yeah that was his thought my my main suspicion in terms of the pro and uh uh, not pro uh designation in terms of uh that sort of thing in terms of coloring is that uh the pro ones will get one boring almost gray color uh and then the same colors that they have now and then the uh the non-pro ones will be the ones in the fun colors just that's what they're doing with iphones um which would be very disappointing uh to to just have like one sort of dark blue or dark green or maybe it'll be dark purple it'll be like okay so this is sort of gray but if you put it in the light a certain way then it's gonna (laughs) look purplish a little um that'd be strange I, i i would uh i would just welcome some more variety uh in things because it's kind of dull to just look at silver stuff different shades of silver things and i think that was largely the appeal of the uh gold and rose gold um Mm -hmm. products that came out uh when they did uh it's not necessarily that people really you know loved gold except dan um but you know it's uh just that they they wanted something that was different uh just to shake it up a little you know shake it up baby yeah but you know what they don't need to have come in different colors though and that's the apple tv it can it can just stay in it can just be black yeah yeah (laughs) i'm glad that that is not uh in colors or white um or something every time they refresh it i'm worried that they're going to do something that's going to make it stand out uh but but nope still non-descript we want our pucks to disappear yeah because i nobody anything that goes in a media entertainment center thing uh it should be a uh, rectangular prism and it should be black mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it uh you can't you can't do anything else weird uh or funky or strange um it, it all it all just needs to work together um in in one nondescript little box uh but the remote going back to silver and black um so that you can theoretically be able to glance at it and tell which direction is up 
is an improvement uh, and uh, a welcome one, I would say, um, as opposed to just sort of the black with uh, shiny versus matte uh, finish of the front face of the last yeah. one. Uh, and the the white rings, um, uh, white ring that was added to the menu button uh, to to differentiate and help people uh, figure out which way it was up, which was, I think, probably the most passive aggressive thing that anybody could have done to try to fix that remote. Uh, I'm curious to find out, though, what it is like to use the remote, uh, the Siri remote in practice, because it's hard to tell from the photos what the touch experience or touch rejection experience is going to be like with the new input method um as as opposed to what we are all used to and hate about the old one um i'm i'm curious to find out if it's going to be a situation where you still can't really rely on just picking up the remote without looking at it to you know use that you may accidentally mm-hmm. like scrub through or something part of your show um uh, based on your thumb like grazing off of it now they have decreased the area of it um relative to the rest so it's not immediately next to the buttons and things and it's not on the it's not a touch sensitive surface along the edge of the object anymore uh so hopefully it'll be an improvement um i'm pretty confident in that i think the thing that i'm least confident in is the decision to put the siri uh button as a side button uh and in their presentation grasp the side right yeah because that you Hold the remote a certain way in your hand um, because previously it was a delicate little metal and glass sliver. Um, and now it's a aluminum rectangle, um, but you're still holding a rectangle uh, in your hand. It doesn't, there's no ergonomics uh, behind this at all. There's nothing like there's no compound curve or anything. It's not like a peanut shaped remote like the TiVo or anything else like that. Um, or, I'm sorry, or a, what sh- a what shaped remote? A peanut. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, okay. it's, it kind of has like a peanut shape. Um, Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Or, you know, even the cheapo Amazon Fire TV ones where it uh, has a rounded um, underside so that it's, it's comfortable. Yeah, sort of in bulbous on one end. Uh, not on the end, but on the underside. On the top, it's mostly oh. flattish, but then on the bottom, it's sort of like a semicircle. The Google um, Chrome, um, the Chromecast with Google TV remote is sort of bulbous on either end and sort of slimmer in the middle, mm-hmm. um, which is also feels good in the hand. I don't know why Siri got involved with that, <laughs> but I think that was Siri. That could yeah. have been AliXA. I'm not sure. Mm, yeah, understand. it would have had to have been. That's either AliXA. Oh, no, I know who it was. It was Google <laughs> because it's behind me. Which means that it was either AliExA or Google, and I definitely said Google, so I think it thought I was talking to it. Mm. Anywho, yeah. the the Google remote it feels really good in the hand because sort of your palm as it wraps around the bulbous part, it mm-hmm. kind of just um, it sort of rests easily in your palm, mm-hmm. and then the 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 shaft is a lot uh, thinner, <laughs> and so you can. It's it's I don't know. There's something about being able to grasp it and uh, hold it very steadily in your arm as you um, play with the controls. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have some support while you're using the shaft. Um, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um. So that's shaft that's... stability is really important for mm-hmm. uh for for a pleasurable experience of um browsing television. Yeah, but you you can't just rely on the shaft alone. 
um, which is it's basically what the serial mode is. It's sort of like, what if the shaft was a rectangle? Um, and uh, <laughs> drop the bulb, the yeah. bulbous end, and just go with the shaft is what uh, what Johnny Ive said before he left Apple. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if he had anything to do with this remote at all. Uh, it's one of those things where I, I had expected a remote revision to occur far earlier because the remote was the worst thing about the product. Um, but that it's happened so late, uh, and that this product has been rumored for so long. Um, I'm not sure if maybe they literally were waiting until they had the perfect remote design, um, till the last minute, because honestly, nothing really substantial changed about the Apple TV, uh, 4k hardware other than the minor update of the processor from the a 10 to the a 12 and the addition of the thread radio. Uh, so what whatever like if you had the previous generation 4k uh you you would really not be missing out on much unless you're really into games and gaming and uh console quality graphics um which so many of us are uh when when we sit down at our apple tvs because we love to to do that so much yeah yeah (laughs) but uh yeah the 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 remote itself I, i mainly object to the uh the siri uh button placement uh being on the side because they said in the presentation that it mirrors the layout of your phone but logically that doesn't make any sense uh because your phone is a phone and it sits in your hand very differently from the remote uh sitting in your hand at least based on the photos so i don't know if it's going to be the sort of situation where you're comfortably going to be able to grab the sides of the device and press uh, firmly on the Siri button to get it to do uh, what you would like it to do. Um, also, I don't know if this is just me, but uh, being able to invoke uh, the assistant that shall not be named um, by voice is far more prevalent for me than trying to push the button. Uh, and there's no way to do that with the Apple TV. So you, you are just only going to be pushing the button on the side in order to do all that. And if it was about logical consistency um, uh, with the phones, then you would put the volume controls on the side too. But you wouldn't do that because that'd be a terrible remote. So then why would you put the Siri button on the side? Because that's a terrible remote decision. Uh, All the buttons should be on the front and they should be detectable by a human thumb of either your right or left hand moving across them um, in order to discern what is what without having to look at the device. Um, and while you will be able to use your thumb to push this button on the side, uh, I don't know if everyone is going to have the remote in the right hand uh, to push the button or if mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of index finger firing people who are left handed uh, or oh, people who like pick it up me, with the left hand. A lefter. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if people are going to be like super chill and excited about that or not, or if it's going to be like not, not a big deal, because I mean, it's not like you have to push that much pressure on it so it may just be as simple as people will just be squeezing the sides of the device uh and whatever side you squeeze it's gonna gonna do it um but i think that's mainly something i don't like and uh back to gaming for a second they removed the accelerometer and the gyroscope uh which were useful only for that uh so i i don't care um i'm surprised that the device did not become less expensive uh the initial siri remote uh, when the fourth generation Apple TV first went on sale was $79 uh, to buy a replacement remote. And then when uh, Apple did the little revision, um, the passive aggressive revision of putting the white circle uh, on the on the thing, they dropped the price to $59. Uh, 
Uh, and then now we have $59 for something that has less stuff in it. Uh, so I don't understand <laughs> uh, why this is the case. Uh, I, I know it's not because aluminum is so expensive because the previous one had aluminum on the back and uh, glass on the front. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't quite understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that uh, they are able to somehow uh, take that price down for some people in the future because I think that's one of the things that may be holding up the devices being pretty expensive overall to purchase uh, because it's using old chips and old bits and pieces inside of a little tiny plastic box um, other than the remote that you're holding. So I don't, I don't know what the, oh, why does it cost so much? Why does it cost so much? Especially the, the Apple TV HD, which is the fourth generation that's stuck around uh, this entire time priced at exactly $149 uh, from 20, October of 2015. Uh, it has been priced exactly the same, regardless of the price reductions of the remotes or what have you. It is as expensive as it always has been. It does exactly what it does in terms of the hardware. They haven't revised anything there, really. Um, so it, why why is that so expensive for something that only does HD video playback? Um, I, I, it frustrates me. My it mind. is very frustrating. And I mean, people keep buying them, clearly. Um, so, yeah. you know... You, you don't, that's, that's the thing. But I do wonder if they would sell a lot more if they charged less, because <laughs> for me, I would love to, anytime someone's, you know, cause a lot of people, if they aren't already cord cutters are going to cord cutter land. And some people have, uh, th- these set top boxes they're unhappy with. And I would love to recommend an Apple TV to them, but it like, I can't save face and recommend an Apple TV because it's like, wait, you want me to spend how much money on on a set-top box when I could get this one for X amount of dollars? And so what I end up doing, and I mean, this is the honest truth of the matter, is most of the people that I know, they're not, they're frugal is the word. And so I end up recommending uh, the Chromecast because it doesn't cost a lot of money and it is they're they're happy with the um they're okay with like the 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 overhead that it takes to to get the chromecast working although the new chromecast doesn't so for folks who are wondering what the heck i'm talking about if you've never used a chromecast before it used to be that essentially the chromecast was you plug it in and it gives you a gateway to play content from your phone to your television and so you could launch like hulu or netflix on your phone and then there was a chromecast button that appeared and you just tap that and it would pop up uh on your television and so you had to have a device that was actually doing the streaming uh to the chromecast but these days um the the new chromecast with google tv is just uh a set-top box like any other so you will be able to use that. I have one because I've got an Oculus Quest 2. Um, hi, Jason. And it is, uh, it's able to stream to the Chromecast with Google TV so that if I'm playing something uh, in the Oculus and Sebastian wants to check out what I'm playing or vice versa, then we're able to do that um, from, from the Apple TV. So, excuse me, not from the Apple TV, but from that Chromecast device. But... Um, yeah, with that, that the cost of the Apple TV, I wish there was that thing that they kept suggesting Apple might eventually release, which was like a an Apple TV mini or something like that, where mm. it was just a little, 
you pop into the HDMI and uh, it's good to go because I want everybody to be able to use the Apple TV because for me, I like it as the best um, interface. Uh, I, I feel that it is a really good interface. Roku comes in close second, uh, but every other interface I've found is trash. And I've used a lot of these set-top boxes. Um, and I don't like any of them as much as I like the Apple TV setup. And then also, selfishly, it makes it a lot easier to troubleshoot for folks. Um, we should also mention, I can't, I, I don't recall you saying this yet, but I was, the the thing that actually at the Apple event that made me more excited than anything else, because I thought it was such a cool idea and wondered why anyone hadn't quite come up with this idea yet, was the new color balance feature um, that, that Apple announced. So uh, Apple TVs all the way back to the Apple TV HD can support this in the new version of uh, tvOS. And if you've got an iPhone that has Face ID, so any Face ID iPhone will support this feature. Super cool. Um, you choose the color balance uh, thing on the Apple TV, and it uh, displays a an iPhone-sized rectangle on your screen. And you take your Apple, your Apple TV, you take your iPhone, and you put it with the front of the the iPhone facing to the television. You quite literally put it on the television. And then the sensors in the Face ID area uh, up at the top will look at the different colors that are displayed on the screen within this rectangle, and um, it will use that to color balance your television. So what this means is the Apple TV will look at the kind of capabilities of your television and then make adjustments to the color that is coming out of the Apple TV, the color information that's coming out of the Apple TV to uh, compensate and make for the best, most balanced color profile that you can get. So this, of course, as people have pointed out, it would not, um, it does not uh, compare to having your television professionally color balanced and worked through and synchronized and whatever all those other words are, because with those, the change is happening on the television level. With this, Apple TV just compensates for it. But I think this is a super cool idea. The only time that it doesn't work is if you have um, Dolby Vision. Uh, if you have a TV that supports Dolby Vision and you have Dolby Vision turned on, it doesn't do that because I didn't know this, but I'm sure you did, Joe, that Dolby Vision kind of has its own color calibration stuff built into it. So the color balance wouldn't do anything to uh, to fix it. So I, I temporarily, just so I could test it, turned off Dolby Vision on my television and uh, ran this feature. And it made some subtle adjustments to things. And I just I just think... This is one of those things that where you would have to spend a lot of money to have a professional come in, or you'd have to buy uh, one of those devices that are expensive to have uh, that work as the the way for doing um, the color balance. And so uh, there's something about democratizing, to a certain extent, these features that I will always celebrate and support. I think it's great that you know th- that power is kind of in the hands of anybody who wants to take advantage of it. So yeah, I'm curious what you, I'm curious, but kind of nervous of what you think about this feature. And if you're, if you poo poo it, or if you think that it's a good idea. 
I'm kind of indifferent uh, to it. Uh, I appreciate what it does. I wish there was some way. I, I, I wish there was a better mechanism um, to uh, to to shift the color on your television um, so that you could get this information and use it in the actual like TV setup to improve not just what you're seeing out of the Apple TV, but everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is what I'm most critical of, uh, is just that it is this one siloed thing. And it is really the color shift that it's doing in most cases, at least from some of the examples I've seen of people taking photos of their TVs and whatever, um, is it mainly shifts things to be a little warmer. Um, the backlight, I guess on most people's TVs is a little cool. Um, but that doesn't seem that substantial. Uh, the the adjustments that I've seen ha- have not been drastic. Um, I know that it's also uh, adjusting uh, some contrast uh, as well. But I, again, I haven't seen anything drastic. Like even when I did it uh, with my plasma TV, um, which is also I was curious about because uh, plasma TVs have a shiny glass front. Uh, so I was like, is it going to? Like, oh, ref- right. Yeah. It was like, is it going to reflect and like look weird? Um, it. All it did was just slightly make uh, the TV a little warmer. Everything else seemed to basically be the same because it shows you that like beach uh, aerial view thing. Um, and that was really all I could determine from it. I wish it showed you also like a test pattern or something uh, instead of that. But uh, whatever. It's it it's neat. Um, and I would like uh, some sort of mechanism that is better than it. Uh, some sort of standard across televisions and uh you know set top boxes or whatever in order to be able to adjust your picture uh in a clever way like this um because most of the time people are not buying uh you know calibration hardware to do stuff with and your tv set is generally not that bad in terms of the color it has for the most part at least what i've noticed whenever i see anybody who buys a new tv and they're like hey check out my new tv um but it it's really a question of things like contrast and dynamic range and mm-hmm. uh, all, all of that other stuff um, and all of the garbage features that are turned on on television sets. This does nothing to address that. Like if the Apple TV had some way to to program the uh, display settings of your device, um, that would be amazing because what I'd really like it to do is to turn off motion smoothing and uh, the sharpening are, uh, and noise reduction artifacts um, that are introduced by modern panels shipping with all these defaults to try to improve picture quality out of the box so that they look, you know, like amazing uh, pictures. Uh, They seem amazing, but are actually really heavily um, adjusting the the picture that's coming in in ways that are not often actually desirable. Uh, So I, I, I don't know. There's, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Like director mode or something? Um, there some panel panel manufacturers have put in a thing that sort of like overrides the default settings in order to make sure that what you're looking at actually looks like what it was intended to be. Um, but that's still not the same thing as like having like something like this where you could have either an iPhone or an Android phone or something that you could use to calibrate um your display uh in a more specific way um and program it um from another source i don't know i just think that would be a neat idea rather than having it just adjust what it's outputting uh just because that's all it can do um right i agree with that for yeah. sure it, it would be not, it would be more democratizing if it was you know a, a 
kind of change you could make to the whole television. I wonder mm-hmm. what that would take, like a universal color profile system for televisions or something. Um, because each TV probably has its own kind of controls and, and, uh, words and methodology and the the you know cranking it up by one in the settings is uh, a different amount depending on the television that you have so that would be kind of hard um yeah well that's the thing is you'd need to have some sort of hardware component that's external to the tv that can observe what's happening Um, oh so if you could keep the apple or the the iphone for mm -hmm. example on the screen sort of held there somehow yeah. So maybe it's like uh, it would prompt and say, uh, do, you need to do this with a partner. Like you need to do this with another person. Have somebody hold this up to the television and then it would walk you through. Uh, go up with the contrast. Go down with the contrast. Go up with... Because as far as the... I, I think terminology is the same across different um, different manufacturers. You know, you've what? got... Yeah. Go I, but what I really meant was that it, if you could give it some way to make the adjustment in the settings of the TV. And so you would be doing what you're doing right now, except instead of changing the picture coming out of the Apple TV, it would be changing the picture settings on the t- television display. Um, th- and that it wouldn't matter what the relative, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter what the uh, like set terms are, like whether or not it's up by one or down by one or whatever. Um, being different between t- TV sets because you're observing what the change is happening. So it's going to move it up as much as it needs to move it up uh, or down as far as it needs to move down in order to uh, to get it to be what it, it thinks it needs to be based on it being observed, the output being observed. Um, so I, I think th- that would be ideal. And like I said, that requires like standards to exist uh, about communicating with television panels and having them obey right. what that's you're saying. That's a lot harder yeah. to, to pull off. And that's not Apple's fault that no, that doesn't exist. No. I, and to your, to, and I don't blame them. This is fine that this exists. I'm not going to like take that away from anybody in order to be like, no, this is deceitful. Remove it. Um, like, I don't Use it. It's it's fine. It's gonna make your picture like a little warmer, probably, um, and that'll uh, be it uh, for the most part for most people. Um, but you know, just don't be, um, don't allow yourself to think that you the adjustments that you're making there are in any way universal or change all of the settings that you would really want to adjust, um, which are have nothing to do with what it's testing for, because it it's not gonna like try to counter picture sharpening or something or try to counter any of the motion smoothing that happens or anything like that. There's nothing it can do about that. Um, and, uh, you know, it would be inelegant, um, to have it, uh, sort of display a, uh, uh, a thing, um, that it can't actually adjust and tell you to go through the settings and try to do it and be like, do you have a Samsung TV? The setting is probably here. Do you have a, uh, uh, Panasonic, then you may have this setting that's in this sub menu of this thing like that. That would never work out. Uh, it would really have to be some kind of like standardized thing where it could just communicate what the settings were and then observe what the changes were. Um, and, you know, maybe other TV, maybe the TV panel manufacturers will see what Apple has done in this case. And especially the ones like Samsung will be like, oh, we're going to put that in our Android phones um, so that you can hold up your Samsung phone to your Samsung TV and do that. Um and then maybe at some point, uh, and Sony will do that, and, but who's buying an Xperia? Uh, but you could 
you know, do you could do that where they all go their own way and make something and then they finally all come back together and they're like, well, here's the standard. Because that's what they do all the time is they, they all are like, ah, we've got some feature that only works on our thing. And then, you know, they eventually standardize <sighs> just like they did with uh, HDR and some other stuff. Um, so it would be nice uh, if they could do that. And to something you previously said earlier about the software being nice. This is one of those cases where the software is nice. Like it, w- it kind of like failed uh, when I did it the first time because I didn't hold it exactly an inch away from the TV display. Uh, the entire time it was going through the process, uh, it it just it did it like twice and it worked. Um, but the uh, the the rest of the TVOS experience has significantly improved over the years in ways that the hardware experience has not. Um, with the exception that I still don't really like the TV app. Uh, and I still have my uh, the button that looks like a television. Uh, I had to have that set to uh, take me to the home screen uh, instead of the TV app, which is the new default or has been the new default since the TV app was introduced. Uh, so, you know, there's there's minor things like that. But uh, to put it in perspective with uh, like the Fire TV, because um, I also have that because we have uh, it was we've discussed before we have two uh tvs and only one apple tv so i use the apple tv uh, in the living room downstairs and then up here in my uh, office area i have a a a fire stick which is i think probably three years old at this point uh in terms of its speed it's as snappy as it needs to be um again no gaming but uh i we've taken recent issue with a software update that that they did which changed their home screen layout uh and adjusted all this other stuff that uh was fine before but is crap now um so that is a big step backwards uh and i don't know i would necessarily recommend it uh and then in terms of roku like you said a lot of people like roku i've never really responded well to their interface or any of their stuff uh sounds like you have an allergy (laughs) yeah they, they have they have some controversial things uh like they they do monitor uh what you are watching there's a setting to turn that off um it's buried inside of a menu um whether or not it actually turns anything off i don't know i don't run pie hole or whatever in my living room to like see what connections it's making uh but these things send a lot of data uh out of your house in order to come in at the price points that they come in at um so that is one reason why people often cite uh apple as being superior is because they're not monitoring your just no content id on the apple tv itself um however uh i i feel like apple really needs to be more competitive because like you said it's hard to recommend it's not tangible to people to understand oh well the the display is going to be better the interface is going to be like more fluid or like oh you're going to have a, a better experience when you try to watch your content through the tv app or something if assuming you liked it uh like you it's hard to to say these things to people where they're not really going to understand it because in many cases um i think it's like three out of four of the tvs that are sold now smart tvs that are sold now have roku's software in it or is it one out of four i can't remember um but anyway it's on a lot of tvs so there's uh there are television sets out there um that have roku or fire tv software more often roku um, already in the panel itself and people will use that um was like why why go through the problem of buying a set-top box 
it'll always be slower because uh, they use less powerful stuff when they do that in the panel. But like it is something where it makes it very difficult to get somebody to see the benefit of spending $150. And I would argue it's not getting them to see the benefit of spending $150. It's getting them to see the benefit of spending $180 because I don't want to recommend to someone that they should buy the uh, Apple TV HD. Uh, it is from October 2015. Uh, even with the new remote, uh, it's not a good investment opportunity for you in your future. Um, even if you only have an HD TV now, I would still point people to the 32 gigabyte uh, Apple TV 8, uh, 4K. Uh, which is $180. Uh, so it's even more expensive. Um, but there's just not a universe where it makes sense to spend $150 uh, on on something that's six years old, well, five and a half years old. Um, I just can't ever see myself making the argument that that should happen. And as for the 64 gigabyte, I will continue to insist that no one buys that um, under any circumstances because there is no justification that Apple can provide other than if you play a lot of games, then maybe you'll take advantage of the space. And I've heard a couple people make the argument that, uh, you know, it's only $20 more. Why not double my storage? And it's like, I don't know. I just think on uh, principle. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, like on principle, it just seems absurd to me because uh, there, no, there is no way you're going to use up that disk space. Uh, your Apple TV is so good at managing the storage on it that you are not allowed to manage it, <laughs> that you can't do anything to change the way it stores or caches anything. Um, if you're on a slower connection, maybe it would cache more stuff, but you have no control over what that stuff is or how long it caches it for. And you have no idea um, what it will have saved or what it will have purged uh, without your consultation. Uh, so if that's the case, then I, I can't see any reason to spend the extra money. Like if maybe they come up with some smart way that to use that space in the future in the software like i don't know it maybe it acts as a, a low latency hub for downloading system software updates to distribute to your household um, because then they don't have to all hit apple servers and then all individually download ios versions uh you can keep everybody in the house doing the same thing and it can also prioritize the bandwidth for watching stuff so you're not just like why is my network connection slow who knows there are are reasons why they could use that. There are things where they could use that storage to do certain stuff um, in order to make it more of a justifiable thing. They can't articulate anything about that at the present time. Um, and if it's something where they're going to reveal at WWDC that you actually do need that extra 32 gigabytes of storage to do something, um, then they wouldn't have only, uh, they wouldn't continue to have this 32 gigabyte version. So I, I don't, I just don't, I don't feel like there is a justification. Um, and I'd much be much happier if they dropped the uh, the price on these models to make it make more sense for people and to make it a more attractive purchase uh, to to uh, be able to justify it. Because even things like uh, Fitness Plus, um, they, are, they use uh, your Apple uh, Watch and your uh, iPhone or iPad um, after the, what was it, 14.5 update. They can... Uh, just use AirPlay 2 to put it on a TV set. And many of the TVs that have shipped in the last couple of years are going to have AirPlay 2 added to them, uh, either via software update or out of the box. Uh, so is it going to be as good of an experience as using an Apple TV to do the Fitness Plus stuff? Probably not. But it's, again, hard to articulate to somebody how it's $180 better of an experience. Um, 
And you can't, you also, like you said earlier, with a thread radio being added, how do you articulate what that does to someone? Uh, do they know why they need thread for any reason? Not right now they don't. Uh, so it's something for the future. But uh, yeah, I just, I want to see them make it make more sense uh, for that price, um, either by being able to give a narrative explanation for why it's worth $180, which I don't think they do. Uh, or the $200 price point or being able to uh, being able to drop that price a little bit um, because it just is so far out of scale with everything else. And I frequently look at the prices uh, on all their competing uh, things like the Roku Roku released a couple weeks ago when I was on clockwise, I brought this up. They released a, a, a new version of whatever their horrible naming scheme is for their thing. And it's 4k and it also has a voice search and it has all the things that people would generally be looking for out of this uh, uh, this kind of setup for $40. Uh, and people seem to prefer Roku just as an experience for whatever reason. Uh, so it is a case where it's just like, well, how do you convince somebody to spend like, uh, how do you convince somebody to spend four times that cost on something? I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it because uh, it's it's not it's not so easy to to say to somebody, like to say to your mom or your cousin or your friend or whatever like oh just get an apple tv because like so out of scale with it um and it used to be less so like you know yeah i remember when it was like a hundred dollars in order to get one that had voice search or something and the voice search used to be pretty bad uh so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not as it's not as justifiable these days when something's forty dollars and it does a pretty good job at all this stuff yep i agree wholeheartedly Yep. Anyway, that's the end of that rant. Um, mainly about price, like it always is. Uh, I don't know. They they continue to confuse me with their product. Uh, I I do, and again, this is part of the reason why I didn't buy it is because I am on the fence about whether or not to just get the remote uh, and use that with my existing Apple TV fourth generation, renamed the Apple TV HD now, um, or if I really just want to make the jump and get the 4k not for any particular performance reason but just because if i'm spending 60 bucks why don't i just spend 180 bucks um and get an entirely new system that's going to last for years since they're not going to change this thing again for another 36 to 48 months so like who cares Uh, i might as well just invest in the future that's kind of where i am right now i think that's why i'm waiting um Mm -hmm. to uh because Right now, I don't really feel the need to rush for the new one. Um, And regardless of whether I do end up updating, I will want that Siri remote for at least one. For at least, so I've got uh, two currently unused. Well, okay, one. So I've got two Apple TV HDs. One of them is entirely unused, it's like in a drawer. The other one I have connected uh, as the secondary. Uh, display input for one of the monitors that I have in my office, mm-hmm. so that way I can switch over to it when I need to and show off stuff on um, on iOS today and other shows. And so it just sits there, but it's also another um, HomeKit hub within the house. And then my Apple TV 4K is the one I have in my living room. And so even if I update to a new Apple TV 4K, I will still want to have the new Siri remote for the last generation, the one that's currently in my living room. So that's why I still have that. Um, But eventually, I will 
um, upgrade, I think, all of them. Well, I mean, I'll upgrade to the new Apple TV 4K, which will come with a Siri remote, with the new Siri remote. So that way, when I move that other Apple TV 4K to my office as that secondary display, um, it will be the Apple TV 4K and I'll be able to use this, the new Siri remote, Siri remote with it. Yeah, I I may just buy the remote too because I'll have the HD that I want to migrate up to my office then um, to replace the Fire TV, which I like said is gotten worse uh, for no apparently discernible reason. They made just the interface terrible again. Uh, but uh, I I don't know. Uh, I'm just on the fence. Maybe I'll just impulse buy it. Should put them in the checkout uh, area at the the grocery store and then I'll just <laughs> grab a bunch. Like like at Whole Foods. Yeah. It would be a very Whole Foods thing to do, um, but uh, yeah, I because uh, they, they have, for whatever reason um, they have all the, like the Fire TVs and stuff and like a little display thing. And it's just like, is this food? I I don't think so so much, but uh, but yeah, I I uh, I don't know. I was just uh, it, at least it's something. It's it's an advancement uh, in some in some ways into the future. Yes. Yeah. It is an advancement into the future. Yeah, into down into down space. Um, at, we're up into up space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you're talking about that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and so, farewell, Micah, and enjoy your purchases of many things that will be arriving in tiny individual packages. Uh, and and may any future purchases uh, immediately go through in the storefront of your choosing. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>